Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Welcome back to the Laugh Spin Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me always, Dylan Godino, Laugh Spin Editor-in-Chief. What's up, buddy? Not too much. When you, Whenever you say uh, the intro each week, you say, with me always, or something like that, it makes it sound like I'm literally always with you. You are. You are the Robin to buy Batman. Or, or I'm like Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> like I'm always... <laughs> I like that one. Whether you're whether you're podcasting or not, I'm always I'm always with you. You don't have to be podcasting. You don't have to be even thinking about comedy. I'm 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 always with you, Mike. That's that's how I justify my alcoholism. Actually, is because I'm always drinking with you. Aw, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to the Last Bit Podcast, folks, where we uh, talk about comedy news and make each other laugh and nobody else. Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be back. We are here with you again on the All Things Comedy Network or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I know we kind of called it a network last week, but then told you why it's not a network. But allthingscomedy.com, uh, we are happy to be aboard as well. And you have a couple of announcements along with that, right, buddy? Or, or what? What's up? Well, yeah, I want I wanted to mention that this is uh, yes our second episode with allthingscomedy.com. Uh, so you should definitely check out that. Uh, I also wanted to mention if you are in the New York City area, uh, and by the New York City area I mean within three to five hundred miles of of Manhattan. Uh, on October 16th, there's going to be a book release party slash comedy show in honor of Bill Burr, Joe DeRosa, and Robert Kelly's new book called Cheat, A Man Guides to Infidelity. Um, it is a hilarious book. I read the entire thing weeks ago. Uh, if you don't have it yet, you could go on Amazon or any. you could get it basically anywhere. But if you're in the city on October 16th, it's a Tuesday. There's going to be two shows, a 7 o'clock show and uh, shit. 9.30? A 9.30 show. 9.30, yeah. And so Bobby and Joe are going to host two shows. Um, they're going to screen their short film, uh, which is also called Cheat. It's a 15-minute film. Uh, they're going to have Colin Quinn, Rich Voss, and Keith Robinson on the bill for each of the shows. Uh, and at the end, there's going to be an audience Q&A, and I'm going to be on stage moderating that uh, Q&A so things don't go completely off the tracks. Uh-oh. So <laughs> come on down. The tickets are only 15 bucks. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. So so definitely come on down to that. I will be there as well. I'll be there. I'll be I'll be celebrating my birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, dude. I'm coming out and to that. It's gonna be fun. How old are you turning? Double trace. Double trace. Two threes, thirty-three. Wow. The yeah. big thirty-three. Absolutely I, nothing happens. I remember that year. <laughs> A year and a half ago. I remember my first beer. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 there's so there's that. We'll uh uh maybe we'll sing happy birthday to you. Oh. Like most likely not, Good. but maybe. Thank you. Um so yeah, there's that going on. And also this Saturday, uh, I'll be doing red carpet interviews uh, at Night of Too Many Stars, which is Comedy Central's uh, every two years. They have a gigantic show at the Beacon. 
uh, to fund all sorts of uh, autism awareness ch- uh, charities. So I will be there, uh, hopefully getting uh, some decent uh, on-screen interviews that will eventually be posted on LaughSpin.com. Sweet, sweet. When, where uh, did we mention where the um, show is on the sixteenth? Oh, that's a yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Um, it's at uh, it's in the village. It's 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 at the Comedy Cellar at the Village Underground, which is the Comedy Cellar's uh, kind of sister venue. Which it's like a few blocks away from the Comedy Cellar. Um, for all the info, just go to go to laughspin.com and uh, you know search Robert Kelly or cheat or anything like that, and you'll find there's a whole nice article up on laughspin.com. It gives you all the details, the link to buy tickets, all that good stuff. The tickets are on laughstub.com. So if you go there, that might be a more direct way of, of getting your tickets. Excellent. Excellent. What else? Uh, we have, uh, as we mentioned last week, we had the rumble in the air conditioned auditorium. Yeah. Did you, you didn't, you didn't happen to see this, did you? I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance yet. No, it was a lot of shit going on this weekend, but it's, what, it's uh, an, it, how'd it it's go? A, it's 90 minutes long, so it's so it's a commitment, but it's so worth it. It's really it, yeah, it was it was really good. I paid my 4.95. Basically, uh, what we're talking about the air condition, uh, the the rumble in the air conditioned auditorium was John Stewart and Bill O'Reilly uh, debating about uh, the upcoming presidential election and just the state of America and where we're going. And it is if if you had any doubt in your mind how smart John Stewart was. This, I mean, I was so. I mean, obviously, I'm a John Stewart fan over Bill O'Reilly, but I was just so impressed about how smart and just how knowledgeable this this dude is about uh, so many things. And um, to give Bill O'Reilly credit, it's not like I came away from this hating bill o'reilly i actually have a lot more respect for bill o'reilly uh i think he's a lot more moderate than people give him credit for um so it's i i just think it's it's so worth it on very many levels it was i mean it was funny it was very educational um it was great you know there was there was obviously times bill o'reilly came off like a crazy person you know not not listening to a word john stewart was saying but uh i highly recommend uh people check it out now uh do you did you feel this is this is the one thing that i wanted to kind of get away from it if and i want to see if you felt this did you feel that like you said you kind of came away with a little bit of respect for bill o'reilly do you feel that both of them kind of put on a little bit more of their persona because they're in their individual studios and with this they kind of had a they kind of had a venue to maybe be a little bit more of themselves which they don't get the chance to do on their shows that's that's really interesting uh i hadn't thought of that uh but now that you bring it up i think i think that's more the case with bill o'reilly okay um for sure i mean the version of john stewart we saw on uh you know this bill o'reilly debate was basically an amplified more in-depth version of what we see uh, uh on the daily show so it was actually it was the re- it was the reverse for both of them so we usually see john kind of um i mean definitely in passion in the daily show but not as much as we saw him here because i mean on the daily show he's i mean he's literally reading from a script i mean that he definitely has input on but you know who knows how much of it he he's writing i'm convinced at this point he's writing quite a bit who moderated it 
um, a, a woman, a former CNN uh, correspondent, Ed Ed Hill, I think her first name, uh, uh, her name was. Okay, yeah, cool, because that's because that's interesting too. Is that you know both of them have to go on each other's shows, and when they do that, whoever show it is is kind of in control of the time, and that's yeah. that's a big thing too because it kind of, like you said, it's an amplified version. It 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 definitely would would. Um, suppress that only because the other one is in control of okay we have to go to break okay we have to break it you know what i mean you know you know what I'm saying where they can't really right. let loose a little bit more whereas neither of them had control at this point it was somebody else completely here here being a moderator and they could just be you know and they could kind of let loose a little bit more and and go a little longer than it's not as structured i guess is what i'm saying it, yeah it it was it definitely was not as structured and uh, I actually felt bad for uh, the moderator. They, many, both of them were guilty of just uh, talking, talking over her, and just paying her no attention. It, 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 actually, I, I would, I think even John uh, did it more than than Bill O'Reilly. Really nice. Yeah, that's fine. And I felt really. I mean, she was trying. Uh, I totally respect what she was trying to do. She was trying. I mean, listen, she knew that it was, you know, 50 percent comedy, 50 percent, you know, real. Um, but she was trying to keep it, uh, you know, even with comedy, you, you want it to have some sort of structure. And not that it was I, I don't want to give people who didn't watch it the wrong impression. It, it wasn't a comedy show at all. Um, there, there, there was definitely, you know, moments of levity, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was definitely a serious debate with two very, very smart people and she was trying to, to rein them in a lot, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I hope she got paid well because she, she def, she definitely didn't, you know, get a, get a whole bunch of respect from either one of those guys. <laughs> Very cool. So that's available for download on, uh, on this, on the sites as well. Um, yeah, the rumble2012.com is where it is. The rumble2012. I love that name. The rumble in an air conditioned auditorium. That's pretty funny. All right, cool. And as we said, allthingscomedy.com for all things comedy, all kinds of podcasts and news and so forth from, uh, can we say yours truly? Yes, that would be both of us. Sure. And lastspin.com, giving you all comedy news. But all things comedy is definitely a place to go. Speaking of all things comedy. Comedy news. Excellent segue there, sir. Yes. Is it, it? Okay. I don't know this name. Maz Jabrani? Jabrani? Maz Jabrani. Yep. Yep, veteran, veteran stand-up comedian, very funny guy. Maz Jabroni. <laughs> What's up there, Jabroni? Jabroni. <laughs> Jabroni. Jabroni. Uh, he needs to deal with CBS for his own series. And he's he's uh, we should we should we should mention he's part of the Minivan Men podcast. Oh, okay, great. There uh, which you is go. From Perfect. from all things comedy. So it's him, Al Madrigal, and uh, Chris Spencer. Um, so yes, he he inked a deal uh, with CBS uh, for his own series. Uh, Deadline.com had the exclusive on this. This is basically how they uh, explain it. It's a multi-camera family comedy, so that means multi-camera. You know, more traditional. It's not your 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 single camera uh, variety. Uh, family comedy. Uh, which am I call? It's described as a show about raising a family in modern day multi-ethnic America. It centers on Maz and Jenny, a young couple living in living the American dream with a house in the suburbs and two kids. The only thing is Jenny is Irish American and Maz is Persian American. 
to them, it's no big deal. But to her father and his mother, it's a very big deal. Maz's upper-class Persian mother feels that he married beneath himself, while Jenny's father feels that Maz must have Al-Qaeda somewhere in his background. Nobody trusts anyone until they get to know them. So it's got... It, it's got it's got potential fish out of water conflict cool well hey good luck to him and when when is it when is it supposed to be coming out i mean they're they're in the very early stages they're in a, they're in a put pilot situation which means uh you know they're developing it they're writing the script and uh you know if the pilot doesn't see the light of day that means uh the network uh, in this case cbs has to pay some pretty steep fines uh to uh the the production company cool all right well Good luck. Hope it hope it uh, hits the airwaves sooner rather than later. Stephen Lynch set to release a new album, and we have a preview of it. Stephen Lynch, of course, if you don't know who he is, he's a uh, a musical comic. He he uh, has some amazing comedy songs and albums and, and he's done some really great work he also had a little stint on broadway there where he did uh, uh he did the lead version in the uh, the wedding singer on broadway um and he's got a new album out uh and what did he say about it he said i wanted this album to have the american flavor to it that i love so much in the music of say neil young or patty griffin or ray lamontaine and i think it does i'm confident the songs are still funny if a bit subtler than some of the earlier work <laughs> is is subtler as far as like when he did you know the special olympics song and uh <laughs> you know um what was the other one um uh, what was the serial killer song that he did oh, it was freaking funny as hell i can't remember anyway he's he's yeah i i understand what he's saying because this one here is definitely a lot more subtle than some than some of the ones and we have a, a preview of it and we're gonna listen to it right now what is this one called this one is called this is this is called tattoo the album is called uh lion it's gonna be out uh, november 13th it's a double it's a double album by the way there's a studio see there's a studio album and a live album and it's all in one in one package it's a fun live show too. If you've ever got, if you ever get a chance to go see Stephen Lynch, he, you know, it's. I usually don't like musical comics, and Stephen is actually really, really good at what he does. So, um, listen to this. This one is called Tattoo. Any lower back tattoo is queer. It might 
Others will say, insert cock here. Whore tattoo. That's a whore tattoo. And that teardrop under your eye that you got in prison cause you killed a guy. That's a cool tattoo. Sir, that's a cool tattoo. You got a comic mask, got a tragedy mask. Any fucking mask, then you must have asked for a queer tattoo. Give me your most queer tattoo. Your child's name with the words be strong would be beautiful, but they spelled strong wrong. Yeah, they spelled it stone. Stupid kid will now be stoned. How the hell they get that wrong? Weren't you watching when they put that shit on? But that's just Jesus laughing at your queer tattoos So many queer tattoos I guess you got that tribal band From a tribe indigenous to the land of queer tattoos Really queer tattoos You got barbed wire, got a poker ace Got that fucked up thing on Mike Tyson's face Got a queer tattoo A seriously queer tattoo And by queer, I just mean bad It wouldn't mean gay unless you had A pink triangle on a rainbow flag With a bear wearing leather and a red ball That's a queer tattoo What's up? If if you subbed out if you subbed out all the lyrics, uh-huh. that would actually make a it's it's like a lullaby. It's a, it's a, it sounds like a lullaby. It's something you could sing to your kids. It's something you could sing to your kids, you know, one year one year old and, and younger. Like if they won't because they, they won't understand any of the words. It, <laughs> that it's it, Stephen Lynch is a fantastic musician. He's a fantastic yeah. musician, and uh-huh. he writes some really good songs, and that is no exception. Tattoo. Wow. That's off his new album lion and it comes out when november 13th november 13th stephen lynch's new album very very cool all right the office on nbc is winding down with his final season and you're already seeing some of the cast members break off um as we get into the season here you saw what's her name mindy leave you saw bj novak leave uh on on i'm talking on the show and probably you're going to see a lot more happening and and as they go to their spinoffs and other deals and others other shows and so forth and here's a good example of it angela 
Angela from The Office, Angela Kinsey, and Rachel Harris, who you might know from Reno 911 and Bridesmaids and stuff. They got to deal with Fox for their own series. It sounds pretty cool, actually. Dylan, what's it about? Uh, basically it's, it's autobiographical. It's about two friends. They, and so in real life, they've known each other for 16 years. They met at, uh, the groundlings in, in LA, which is an improv theater. Um, so it, it basically, it's called dirty blondes and it's centered around, uh, the real life friendship. More specifically, it follows the characters lives after their recent divorces and you're in real life in the last, I'd say four to five years, both, uh, Angela Kinsey and Rachel Harris have gone through, uh, divorces. So it, it kind of reflects their lives even, even more accurately now that they're, they're kind of, uh, both divorced. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's about the, these two women who kind of grow, uh, you know, closer and their friendship gets stronger after, after their divorce. Yeah. And, and again, two, two, uh, very funny females in their own way. Um, Rachel's kind of like a, a little bit more loud and outspoken and, and, and Angela seems to have a very good um, a, a very good sense of straight man timing. So it'll be or straight woman timing if you're going to be politically correct about it. If you're going to be a jerk about it. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be accurate about it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it should it should be interesting. And the, and also too the, the fact that it's on Fox uh, means that it might have a little bit of an edge to it, which will be good. So awesome awesome for them and uh, also we'll see about uh some of the other spinoffs coming out from the office i'm sure there's going to be tons i know rain wilson has one and who knows uh, I'm, I'm ed helms will probably get one who knows everybody will everybody will get one i want to see the creed show that's all i want to see well, i want to see fucking creed do anything for an hour and a half every day I could, that's all i could see i could see him uh snagging a deal with like funny or die oh i would love it it would, that, it would be the best it would be that the best. would be great having a, a web series featuring creed yeah oh it would be awesome the, the one last year it's the work fairy and he like she drops she drops stuff on his desk and he just goes he looks at her and he goes i know you don't exist <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> fucking great. Here's something that's not great, though. Community and Whitney not premiering October 19th as expected. What? What happened? Well, according to... Uh, <laughs> first of all, Community is just... I don't know about Whitney, but Community is just doomed. Uh, they're they're just doomed. So and, uh, NBC's official uh, statement... Uh, well, their their official reasoning is basically um, they've uh, they've devoted so much time and resources to the current NBC lineup, which I couldn't uh, name two shows uh, off of. Right, by the way. Matthew. Right, Matthew Perry has his new show, Go On, and The New Normal, which is I think doing pretty well. Uh, and 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 their dramas too, like Revolution, is getting uh, a big uh, a big push. So basically, they're uh, to make it very simple. Basically, what they're saying is we blew our wad on all of these shows, and now we don't have the resources to properly promote Whitney and Community. <laughs> you know what it sounds like. You know what it literally sounds like? It sounds like Matthew Broderick talking to Jim Carrey and the cable guy when he goes, you're a nice guy, but I just don't have any room in my life for a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, that's basically what they're saying. Oh, and part, part of this is I really love this. Part of uh, the uh, NBC statement. Let me see if I could if I could uh, if I could find it here. Um, oh, okay. Without having to launch these comedies on Friday at this time, we can keep our promotion focused on earlier in the week. 
Plus, we will have both comedies, meaning Community and Whitney. We will have both comedies in our back pocket if we need to make any schedule changes on those nights. Yeah. How does that? How does that make the cast and crew of these of these shows feel? Hey, we got you in our back pocket. You know, if we need to, you know, you're working your ass off shooting, you know, fourteen hour days. You know, the the ed- editors are editing their asses off and everything else, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll put it on whenever. You know, if if Matthew if Matthew Perry's show you know slips in ratings, you know, uh, two weeks in a row, we'll we'll throw Community on. You know, if we we could either do if we having a if we're having a lull day, you know, maybe we could we could either do a, a repeat of like Battle of the Network Stars or we'll throw in your show, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just it's so it, it's 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 just so. St- Stupid. Like, I mean, first, I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this knows kind of the history behind all all of what's happening. Dan Harmon was basically fired. He's the creator and former executive producer of Community. He was fired. They brought in two new showrunners. Um, They moved Community from 8 p.m. on Thursday, which already was not a stupendous time slot to eight thirty on Friday and Whitney moved to eight o'clock. Uh, Whitney was at nine thirty on Thursday and now it was set to be eight o'clock on Friday, eight, 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 eight o'clock or eight thirty on Friday. It's just where shows go to die. It's I've no there, and the fact that they're now they're 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 not even. I mean, this, this is just horseshit. I, I have a feeling this is like, you know, like when you're like you're dating somebody and you want to break up with them, but you're but you don't have the balls to break up with them, and so you kind of like start doing things that are are like totally douchey, so that like by the time you do break up with them, they're like, well, we kind of knew it was coming. I mean, you know, you switched our time slots and then you, you know, said you weren't going to put us back on air and, you know, oh, oh, you're now you're canceling us. Yeah, we we uh, we knew that was coming. Oh, God. All right. Well, whatever. Here's hoping for the best plan for the worst. Hope for the best. That's my motto. <laughs> I think they, they did you steal that? that they, I, I've heard that on a. Uh, one of the born movies i don't know my doctor says it all the time so all right (laughs) well speaking of delays did you see this i did this is what the hell else what what's going on i'm okay i'm okay with this one okay well what is it louis um yeah louis was uh uh, obviously re-upped for uh it's uh fourth season yes fourth season god damn i can't believe we're already we're already done with season three yeah and it was a good season it was a very good season yeah it was agreed, um, and so so Louis was supposed to come back, uh, obviously uh, in 2013, uh, but it's it's not going to return until 2014, uh, and it's basically it's just Louis Louis has a ton of shit going on, and he doesn't and he just doesn't want it to suck. So uh, he said on Tuesday at a conference call uh, uh, for the press, he said the last three seasons have been this surge of fun and work and stories, and it's been great but I want the show to keep getting better. That's my goal, and I don't want it to be making donuts. I want it to be something that comes from somewhere important and stays funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it, hey, it's a smart thing to do. I mean, uh, you know, at this point, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, man is one. He's he's got the validation of his peers. He's got the validation of comedians. He's got the validation of Hollywood. It's it's he can do what the fuck he wants. So way to go, do do your thing. We'll be waiting. No problem. Can't wait to see the other stuff that he's got coming out. Um, and one of the things that he does have coming out is uh, this new album from Tignataro who um if you've been following it you know Tignataro came out said she had she had breast cancer at a, at a uh, recent um comedy show that Louie was at as well and Louie uh called it some of the best stand-up he had ever seen uh and it, you know just phenomenal and from that grew kind of a relationship where Louie now is releasing her new album uh on his website and yeah I mean this this sounds this sounds like it's going to be just awesome right and she got a book deal out of it too yeah it's already out if you go to lewisck.net it's it's already out there um you could you could download it Uh, i'm sure a lot of people listening to this have already downloaded it and listened to it multiple times but yeah she 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 has a book deal uh she finally moved uh to new york where she was supposed to move uh she's starting to write on the amy schumer show uh that's uh it's uh, a comedy central show that that'll be out uh later in 2013 she's a writer on there um, so yeah, I mean, she's, she's doing well. She had the double mastectomy. Her prognosis is good. Um, and this album is out exclusively on Lucy K's site for the first, uh, I think it's like for the first six months or something like that. And then it will be available on iTunes and, you know, all the traditional places. Um, so yeah, it's five bucks. I highly recommend it. It, it, it is a very good, and I, uh, I wanted to actually listen to the first about three, three and a half minutes of, of her set from, uh, this, the album now. Good evening. Hello. I have cancer. How are you? Hi. How are you? Is everybody having a good time? I have cancer. How are you? Ah, it's a good time. Diagnosed with cancer. (sighs) Feels good. Just diagnosed with cancer. God. Oh, my God. It's weird because with humor, the equation is tragedy plus time equals comedy. I am just at tragedy right now. That's just where I am in the equation. Oh, it's fine. I, uh, I'll, I'll, here's what happened. I went, I'm going to get, it's very personal. Found a lump. Guys, relax. Everything's fine. I have cancer. Found a lump. Got a mammogram. You know, they're doing the ultrasound. They're like, oh, we found a lump. I was like, oh, no, that's my boob. <laughs> they were like, no, 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 we, we found a lump on the other side, too. 
I was like, yeah, I got one over there, too. Those are my boobs. ended up getting biopsies, uh, which is painful. Feels like being stabbed. I felt like I'd been rear-ended all day and then just dropped off back at my house. I couldn't move or anything. Um, and it was just, it was so like, intrusive and horrible. And I was just like, God, after all of these like ice pick stabbing feelings, I better have cancer. <laughs> Somebody over here just keeps going, oh... I think she might really have cancer. <laughs> Who, who's taking this really bad? <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. It might not be okay, but I'm just saying. It's okay. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is that is fucking great, man. How the the fact alone that she can do a very good set and just a piece of that as what we heard, you know, having to do with her <laughs> horrible illness is fucking awesome. That's that's that is what comedy is. That is yeah. what comedy is. And if you like nobody should be offended by anything after hearing something like that. Like that is just everybody can just shut up anytime you're offended by anything. You just have to listen to this album. I think this is probably going to be, you know, if you haven't heard the whole thing already, you should because it'll you'll probably be just completely inspired by it. It's it's just those couple of minutes alone is just very inspiring. And also if that weren't enough, it's also very funny. It's also very funny. So and it, yeah, and af- it it actually does get funnier. Um, it, it really is. I mean, there there's a lot of hype behind it. You know about exactly what you just said that it's inspiring and you know it's it's really heartfelt. But it it really. I mean, I wouldn't. I I would just. You know, if I had anything negative to say about it, I, I would just not talk as much as I'm talking about it. But it re- it really is a quality it's a 30 it's it's a 30 minute set um and, and it's it's a really it's a really strong set it's it's not it's not just her you know talking about her having cancer i mean there i mean there's cancer material like she has it's it's real material about you know what she has gone through you know in these horrible four months uh so definitely check it out yeah yeah just very cool Oh, wow. All right. Uh, we go from cancer to divorce. Yeah. <laughs> just just like that. <laughs> uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman divorcing after 42 years together. You know, if these two midgets can't make it together, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who can in this day and age. Uh, that's crazy, man. Uh, you know, they, they've been together since Cheers. For Christ's sakes, and 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 before that, and it's yeah, like well, well before okay, that. Okay, now what? Now, now what do you do? Well, uh, Danny I, obviously is on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Rhea Perlman, what's she up? What's she been up to? I don't know. Dealing with Danny DeVito, probably, and his and him shitting the bed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Who pooped the bed? 
It's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> are, are you always, I'm always, when, whenever I hear uh, of, of couples like this, uh, I thought the same thing when, when Harrison Ford broke up with, uh, what's her face? Uh, <laughs> I, I really should know. She wrote, yes, she fucking wrote e- E.T. <laughs> Melissa something, I think. She wrote E.T. Uh, anyway, I, I always wonder, you know, people are in their 50s and their 60s. I mean, he's 67. She's 64, Four. I think. Yeah. Um, you just think like, why? Like, why? I mean, not not to say that these people are dead, that their lives are over, that they can't fall in love again. But you would think that you would just like work something out. Like, you're 67, I'm 64. We barely like each other. We like, like, what is the purpose of divorcing at that point? I I don't think it's I don't think it's so much as it's like, oh, great, now I can go finally bang somebody else. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's that so much as it is. Oh, great, I can go home and not have to have anybody else in the house. <laughs> All right. Really, that's that. That's really all I can think of. You know, uh, the the uh, who you know. There's there's that new thing now. This is uh, you hear every divorce is so everywhere, <laughs> especially yeah, in Hollywood. But sure. it's just it's just everywhere that you hear all these different excuses as to why people get divorced. And yeah. my new favorite one that I've heard a bunch of times is, you know, we were just r- two really good roommates. You ever, uh-huh. Have you ever heard that one? Um. Yeah, but do, do people give that as a as a reason or just an explanation? Like, no, because that that's like that's the, the blow. That makes it more palatable. Just because they say, you know, we're not angry at each other, we're not pissed off, we're not cheating on each other, nothing like that. There's nothing oh, wrong see. per se. I see. It's just it's not there. We don't love each other. We've just become really good roommates. That's it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I see. I see. Kind of another way to say we've grown apart. Right, right. I guess. I guess. So I don't know. Maybe that's the case here. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. Uh, you know, they they cited irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Don't know what that necessarily means. Precisely. If you want to, if you want to believe Radar Online, uh, they they say the reason, and and the uh, you know Danny and Ria's reps have denied it, but they say the reason is that Danny DeVito is a bit of a man whore. Yeah. Quote, he may not appear to be a ladies' man, but Danny certainly gets a lot of female attention. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, hey, the, you know, he sh- they certainly do play him up to be very sexy on his all- Always Sunny of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever. Okay, great. There you go. The Penguin and his wife yeah. are splitting up. First Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, now these two crazy kids. No, jeez. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck, kids. I know uh, you're, you'll be fine because you're both rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tommy Jonigan inks a deal with NBC for a bri- 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 biographical series. Wow. Very, very cool. I'm very, I'm very excited about this. Tommy... Uh, Tommy is a great comic, uh, and he's one of a handful of uh, comics that I actually, you know, have uh, spent some time with, you know, just hanging out and talking to, like at comedy festivals and stuff. So name dropper. I mean, I'm name dropping Tommy Jonigan. I mean, you know, <laughs> that was that's not so much name dropping as it is like name putting down gently. 
<laughs> I mean, like I said, it's a handful. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't, you know. No, that's very cool. I like, I've, I like Tommy Johnigan a lot, dude. I, he's, he's very, very funny. So what's, so what's this all about, NBC? He, he's got a, uh, it's an autobiographical pitch. Um, it's, you know, it's in the development stage. Uh, he's writing the script along with Mike Penny, who's the guy who uh, is uh, famous, most, mostly famous for his work on uh, My Name is Earl. Uh, basically, it's about, um, you know, a, a youngish couple uh, that's, moves in together gets pregnant and then you know eventually gets married which is basically what his life is right now he um uh he has a baby he just had a baby um he's not married and uh you know i i believe he's he's living with his with his lady friend so cool that's about it. He told me, um, and you can read this on laughsman.com. By January, February, they'll, um, no, wait, hold on. We're writing the script now. We're writing the script now, and we'll have it to them by December. By January or February, they'll say they want to make a pilot. Then from the pilot, they'll tell us they want to pick up the show. Then it'll be a hit, and in five to seven years, I can start being a real asshole. <laughs> That's is great. what Tommy told me. So, yeah. Very uh, yeah, that is awesome. Tommy Johnigan. Uh that's that is that is great. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Uh what do we got next? Dan Cummins new album out October twenty-third. Last been scored what? Two exclusive preview tracks? Oh my god. And I only had a dude, I only had to blow three guys from Warner Brothers. <laughs> usually they usually, usually they, they make, make it, it five. five. You had, to, you had to blow blow both of the Warner Brothers. <laughs> both and some other guy, yeah. <laughs> and a Warner cousin. Yeah, October 23rd, Dan Cummins' new album comes out on Warner Brothers Records. It's called Hear This. Uh, there are two exclusive previews on LaughSpin.com. Make sure you check both of them out. We're going to play one of the two now. This is called Kicking Kids. It makes me think I... Uh... I'm a parent. I should probably talk about that. I know that's kind of a weird segue. <laughs> I do understand context. I don't want you to worry. It's not like I'm at home going, okay, kids, ready for a bedtime story? <laughs> Ten years ago, Folsom Street, stop crying. <laughs> I have kids. I, uh, I thought, I'm a single dad. I thought, I thought having kids would make me kind of calm down too, but I'm crazier now that I have kids. <laughs> Because I'm the kind of person, like, before I had kids, I didn't like kids. Now that I have kids, I fucking hate kids. <laughs> love mine. Love mine to death. Like, more than I could love any other person. Like, love them. But now other kids are, in addition to being annoying like they were before, they're threats to the only kids that matter in the world to me. <laughs> you know, and it makes me have crazy thoughts. Like, like pre-kid, I never seriously considered kicking a toddler. I never weighed that out. <laughs> now I've had that thought. I thought about it. That one happened at, at daycare because my oldest, Kyler, uh, when he was two, my son, it was, the, it was the first time I had to take one of my kids and put him in daycare so it's an experience where they're not going to be with family. You know, it's the first time I'm having, leaving them with people who aren't related to them. And that's, that's tough as a parent because, like, you care so much and, you know, it's just another kid to them. And he looks so small and he's helpless. He's two years old and he's, and he's just looking at me like, you know, like he's just scared. And then finally he gets a toy and, and he holds it and he looks at me like, I, I can do it, Daddy. I'm going to be okay. And I was like, okay, he's going to be okay. This is going to work. And I'm about ready to leave. And I see some other fucking kid come around the corner. Just like a dirty little shit kid. Finger in his nose, eyes too close together. Sure, he's two, but everyone knows he's not going to amount to dick. He's that kid. Sounds mean, but you know it's true. 
This little kid comes over, grabs Kyler's toy, rips it away from him, and just walks off like it's his toy. And Kyler just looks at me like, why would you do that, Annie? <laughs> and that moment just, boom! <laughs> but again, I don't feel like the police would understand. <laughs> Why did, you, why did you kick that kid? Well, there was like a, there was a toy, and it wasn't his toy. Like, kind of was his toy, because it was part of the, the day. Wait, aren't you the smoothie guy? He whispered to me! <laughs> why are you listening? <laughs> Little side note, how great of an invention would it be? I think this would be the best-selling invention ever. Why can't scientists design a suit that you can put on a kid and make it safe to kick them? <laughs> Like, if you could put a suit on a kid and know that they were just indestructible, I don't, I don't think I'd ever stop kicking kids. That would, it would definitely be my favorite thing. I can't even imagine how good that would feel to kick a kid as hard as I can. It's like, and the smaller, the better. Get some lift. Like, just get them up in the air. It'd be like new entertainment, like halftime. You know, Super Bowl, you win a million dollars if you make a 35-yard field goal with the premium. You know, get some, get some angle on that little cannon fodder. I love how you dropped off at preemie. Like, I love how a lot of you guys were kind of with it on, like, little kid, baby, and they're like, just that idea, like, whoa, hey, hey, come on, come on, Dan, I'll kick the shit out of a baby. <laughs> but I'm not touching a preemie. <laughs> I'm a decent person. <laughs> all right, Dan Cummins, kicking kids all over the place. Love it. All right. You know what? I, I, I think I... I think I probably would. It, it, I've had that has happened so rarely that I've been in that position. That uh, you know, I mean, we're we're at the playground a lot. Uh, he's in preschool. I, I've never really witnessed uh, anybody doing anything, you know, stupid to my kid. Uh, the other, the uh, a few weeks ago, I saw. I was standing next to a mother and there and his and his ugh. I was standing next to a mother at the playground and there was this like tube that uh, was part of uh, the play structure and her son I think was like three or four or something and there was older kids like kicking the tube he was in and like jumping on top of it and uh, the mother went up to the kids and like started like saying like Oh, what are you guys doing? You having fun? Picking on a four-year-old? Does that make you feel good? It was awesome. And then she like she like went back like sitting next to me, and I was like, "Good job, mom." Very cool. I see. Here's the thing. I'm. I thought you were gonna say something completely. I, what I thought it was you say was the exact opposite, and something that I can't stand as a person, even with no kids. I don't have kids, but um, you know, I had a lot of younger siblings and everything. And, and something that I can't stand is I can't stand terrible parenting. I, I've that's that's the people that I want to kick, not the kids so much, because the kids don't the kids don't know anything. They're sponges. All they do is learn from their parents. And if their parents are fucking morons, I want to kick them because if they if you whenever you just see bad parenting i oh god it just makes me just and you can't say anything you can't do anything because it's not your kid it's not your place but you're just like you're you're really gonna you're really just gonna let him do that huh you're really not gonna step in (laughs) you're really gonna let a two-year-old run your life like you're really going to just let him get away with whatever the fuck he wants to do like yeah and that's and that's and that's what was happening because i don't know where the hell the parents of the of the shitty kids were they obviously 
they obviously weren't paying attention or uh, if they were that like you said they weren't giving a shit and then finally this mom was like you know I don't I, I, I don't think they're playing with my son I think they're fucking with him the one thing I cannot fucking stand. This is this is the one thing, and this is this is a trend. This is a growing trend nowadays, and I have no idea why the fuck why the fuck this is happening. But uh, these little fuckers that do not eat a goddamn thing, they only eat what they want, which is usually terrible shit like noodles with butter and fucking candy bars, and you know, they just eat whatever the fuck they want, and their parents do not force them to eat good shit. Do not force them to try shit. I have no idea what that is all about. It is like a growing phenomenon. I see it all the time now with my with like friends and, and other people's other people's kids where the kids, you know, everybody's having one meal and this little fucker has to have his own goddamn thing all by himself. Like, seriously, dude, you are not you are not getting up at that, off of that chair until you eat the fucking food that is in front of you. This isn't a restaurant. That's one of my wife's uh, biggest pet peeves. Whose is that? One of my wife's biggest pet peeves when parents do exactly what you just explained. Like everybody, everybody sits down and has a meal, but like the kid has like something in- entirely different because you know he doesn't think like fucking chicken is palatable right he, he doesn't like chicken why well, has he ever tried it no he doesn't like it fuck you dude fuck you <laughs> me and your wife would get along really great because i think both of us would just corner all those parents and just punch them i yeah. hate that i hate that shit so much oh god because then they turn into little weaklings me and your fiance would get along really well because we both like black dudes <laughs> That was good. <laughs> I think we should end on that. You're sitting there just all just, you're just so proud of yourself. You just, I'm, you try, I'm, I'm trying to keep it cool. I mean, sure, that was really quick. Sure, it was brilliant and, and hilarious. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not oh, going to sit here and pat right, myself on the back. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, before we leave, I wanted to mention uh, two things. Uh, on LaughSmith.com, you can get information on this. You could win a walk-on role on the new season of Arrested Development. What? Yes, you can. Uh, the new season, season four, that's going to be uh, exclusively on Netflix. Go to LaughSmith.com, search Arrested Development. You'll see it. You could win a walk-on role. You have to be a little creative. You have to be a super fan of Arrested Development. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that TJ Miller's new show on Comedy Central Mashup uh, just debuted this week. Um, it'll be airing every Tuesday at 12.30 a.m. for you insomniacs. Uh, it's a pretty cool show. It's like it's stand-up comedy, but um, so, there's, so there's somebody doing stand-up comedy, but an intercut with the stand-up comedy are pre-recorded, fully cast video act outs so basically a sketch like a if you could picture like an snl digital short in the middle of a uh you know during uh the stand-up set and then also there's uh just standalone video sketches as well so it's like stand-up and sketch uh it's it's a very very cool concept and we have uh, an interview with tj miller on laughspin.com that you should check out Cool. Very, very, very nice. So give the plugs real quick before we get out of here. Uh, guys, check us out on Twitter at LaughSpinCom. Check us out on Tumblr, on Facebook. 
Also, I wanted to mention, and, and and this is starting, I'm not even joking about this anymore. We have over 2 million followers on Pinterest. People Magazine, Mike? Guess how many they have. I'm going to say 125,000. 25,000. Wow. Just to put it in perspective, all right? 2 million followers on Pinterest. Whew. What are you going to do with all that? I don't know. Nothing. You're going to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike, give your own plugs now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mastersandnone.com is the other podcast that I'm a part of. Please check that out. We uh, we have a lot of fun there as well. And, uh, yeah, and, oh, allthingscomedy.com for all things comedy, please, because we are there. Laughspin.com, the Laughspin podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks. See you.